0: Here we are, Locked On NFL Tuesday edition. We will be breaking down those primetime games Sunday night and Monday night football that we did not get to on yesterday's show. That was a big time matchup on Sunday, an interesting game though, and I'm sure Matt has a lot to say about the Steelers on Monday night football game. They kind of had to have. Uh, By the way, I am Brian Peacock alongside the scout, Matt Williamson, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. You can find this podcast on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are everywhere. Some injuries to talk about as well on today's show that impact the league. Some guys uh, dropping out for the season left and right, it seems like. Uh, but Matt, let's start with Sunday night football, Cowboys at Saints, which was uh, a sort of a wild contest for such a low-scoring affair.
1: Yeah, it was, and... Start with Dallas. I thought they would get this win, but didn't think it would be an easy one. But we're seeing this with a handful of teams, too. You know, I mean, Buffalo, Baltimore, that because there's seven or eight really bad teams in the league, a handful, a couple of these teams that we thought were good, and they still might be, don't get me wrong, just played really bad teams, and a couple teams got some eye-opening you know, uh, games in their face this week and just, they weren't playing the Redskins, the Cardinals, the Dolphins. So we're starting to get to the point where things are evening out and schedule imbalances aren't as obvious. Um, but tough place to play. I, I, I'm a Dak believer. Wasn't his best game. Um, Robert Quinn was a guy that really showed up in this yeah. game. Wow. You I mean if, if he's, and he's a better player than people realize. He's been in some tough situations and injured and suspended. They may have a guy there. So I'm not real worried about Dallas. But give the Saints credit. I mean, the Saints got to win, two now, you know, without Breeze. Uh, and Bridgewater, to me, is a little maddening, but it's been enough to win. He's doing very little. But Kamara and Thomas are getting the ball, and those two are superstars. And the Saints the Saints D is what's noteworthy here. I mean, that yeah. that's a good group. Cameron Jordan's really, really good. Their defensive line is better than people think. And Marshawn Lattimore basically followed Amari Cooper around all day and did a wonderful job. So um give this give this team credit. They're gonna be really dangerous when Breeze returns. And in the meantime, not only are they treading water, but they're making a little bit of you know, they're they're moving too. I mean they're swimming.
0: Yeah, and so right now the Saints 2-0 in games that Bridgewater started 1-1 and in the games that uh, Drew Brees has started. Obviously, he got hurt in one of those games. And I think you nailed it with the Saints' defense is the thing that, that came out huge to me in this game. Uh, not only Dak with not a great day, uh, keeping him out of the end zone. There was Zeke Elliott, who did get in the end zone, but only averaged 1.9 yards per carry on his 18 carries. So they kept feeding him. And he only had 35 yards. The Saints kept stopping him. So... I think it's pretty awesome to see the Saints, and obviously this is why I picked the Saints in this game because of the questions, you know, who has Dallas played? I didn't love the way they they looked against Miami in the first half the week before, and then playing in New Orleans is tough. And the reason I picked New Orleans as a, a team to go all the way for me is, you know, Drew Brees is a lot of that, but I really believe in the roster. I think they have good players on almost every position group and every level, and that defensive line showed up, and you mentioned... Marshawn Lattimore, he's an interesting player because I think sometimes he needs that extra juice. And after the game, they ask him, why do you play better against better players? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe he, I think he does get he gets up for those matchups more so than others. And he's shown that he can be a really good player. It's the consistency there. And you can see it when he's challenged like that with someone like Amari Cooper to see him play at the level he played last night. If he can keep that level up all year and really um that team you're seeing, you know, Bridgewater maddening I think is the word you used I think that's really accurate I like that description but the rest of the team lifted him up and are able to beat a team in Dallas that I think is really good and that 12 to 10 score is what really blows my mind in this one and they nobody could really break through it I just thought it might happen thought it might happen and nobody could break through
1: it's kind of a backhanded compliment for Lattimore you know like hey why don't you Kicked yes. out against the not so great dudes, you know, but it's still a compliment nonetheless. You shut down Amari Cooper. That's a great day's work. Um, big picture. I don't think this hurts or changes my opinion of the Cowboys much. You know, you you go lose in the Superdome on Sunday night. I mean, that's a that's a difficult situation. I, I still think the Cowboys are really good. And the rest of that division, with the possible exception of the Eagles, is not scary. And then you look at the NFC South. The Falcons stink. I mean, they're bad, and I think Carolina's very average. Tampa might be a little better than we thought, but the Saints are in a great spot in what we thought was going to be a really difficult division. It's not really playing out that way. And then back to your preseason prediction, if I had to put a chip down right now, what is it, September or October 1st or something October. Like that, it's you know? October. Yeah. It, it, I, I think I'd take the Saints to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl.
0: I like it and I would never have thought that that would be the case if you told me that Breeze was going to miss as yeah. much time as he's going to but I think maybe the team is learning a lot about itself and maybe relying on other players and not Breeze and maybe in the long run it ends up being a better situation for the Saints that they lost to Breeze which is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, that might be taking it a little far but <laughs> <laughs> you know, mix in some taste some hill for, you know, sprinkle that in as a little flavoring too. It's a well-coached team, though, and I do, I do know some people in kind of a fantasy nugget thought, like, Michael Thomas was, he's, he's a product of Drew Brees. No, he's awesome, and he's showing it still. Kamara's one of the best players in the league. I mean, he's the straw that serves a drink, and in a way, they're a little bit fortunate to get two wins with a quarterback who's playing that conservative.
0: Two teams that will be in the thick of it in the NFC, no doubt, all season long. Still have to get to Steelers, Bengals, the Burfix stuff, some injuries around the league. This podcast is brought to you in part by Dave. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. Go to dave.com slash locked on and never pay another overdraft fee again. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course, you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Put that knowledge to use. If you're listening to this show, you're obviously a well-informed football fan. Make yourself a little cash with my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season... Bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code On to activate the offer. That's promo code On. Visit MyBookie.com. AG today you play, you win, you get paid. Let's move on to Monday night football. It was the Bengals at Steelers. Somebody had to win that one. Well, I guess they could have played to a tie, but it was pretty clear that the Steelers were a much better team, and they thumped the Bengals 27 to 3. Now the Bengals fall to 0 and 4 on the year, and looks like they might be a team that uh, is is battling with Miami for that top draft pick in April.
1: Yeah, I'll start with the Bengals because I'm going to say a lot of good things about the Steelers, but let's preface it by saying the Bengals stink. So that's a a huge part of this equation, of course. And you're right. I mean, I I really am pretty confident that they're going to get a top five pick. I mean, they're really discombobulated on both sides of the ball, learning new systems. The offensive line just isn't in place. There was part of me that thought, hey, maybe the Bengals can be okay and then A.J. Green will return, and they'll have a better feel for this new offense. But I just think in the end, the blocking's going to be a huge problem for them in both phases, running and passing the ball. And Dalton's not going to raise all ships, that's for sure. Um, a game the Steelers had to have, and frankly, I, I, I'm i biased, of course, but I think these organizations are in different places, too. Like, they're still, they're still playoff talk in Pittsburgh, whether that's crazy or not. But the division... Steelers are only a game out of first place now, which is amazing for as badly as they've played. And I thought this was a good sign. Like on my Steelers show on Friday, we ended the week by saying, you know, what do you want to see on Sunday? And what I said was, ideally, or on Monday night, ideally I want to see what I think can be a really good defense that looks like a bunch of first-round picks flying around out there, dominating the line of scrimmage, creating a lot of pressure, And on offense, I just want to see progress. I want to see Mason Rudolph take a step forward, baby step forward, you know, uh, and the defense was great. The pass rush is outstanding. I mean, people forget this team has led the league in sacks the last two years, and I think their pass rush and defense in general is better than it's been, and it hasn't quite shown through three weeks. But a lot of that, and I keep saying this, and Steeler fans don't want to buy it, but The Steelers played far, far too many defensive snaps the first three games, and only the Dolphins had a worse time in possession, and they crumbled in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were a pretty good defense before that, and I still think this defense can be quite good. The offense was interesting, though. I guess that's the way to put it, and I'm kind of burying the lead by taking this long, but it was all misdirection, wildcat, jet motion, was kind of a junior high offense and i didn't see that coming i mean i thought that tomlin and those guys would not adjust to that degree and i don't think it's sustainable i don't think you can play like that the rest of the year i mean maybe if you have lamar jackson as your quarterback you can but not with mason rudolph but this was desperate times you had to get a win the the Bengals didn't really know what was coming they had no way to prepare for that and their gap integrity was pretty poor as a result so whatever you can do to get a win and create some sort of offense I give the Steeler coaching staff a lot of credit for um but and I thought Rudolph took a slight step forward but he still isn't throwing the ball well or down the field and when I watched the game a second time and I haven't watched the coaches tape yet but they're certainly were open receivers that he didn't pull the trigger or James Washington one-on-one on a corner where most, you know, Ben would have let it go. You know what I mean? He still doesn't know what open is in the NFL. And this is how I described Rudolph's, you know, uh, you know, progression that way. was, you know, open in the Big 12 is really, really open, you know, and he excelled there. And then you come to NFL preseason – and he realized what NFL preseason open was, and he I think he learned that. Now he has to figure out what, you know, open is in the regular season, and he doesn't know what that is by NFL standards and is not pulling the trigger enough. So some of the very conservativeness of the first last two games is him just not releasing it, and there's no stats for that. But in the meantime, they manufactured, you know, yards on offense, and the defense was really good.
0: The ball only hit the ground four times, which is, you know, at least that is, you know, a lot of short stuff and manufactured completions. 24-28 for Mason Rudolph, the two touchdowns, no interceptions. So uh, just not losing the game, I think, was important for Mason Rudolph there and taking those baby steps forward. We'll see what that offense continues to look like. Jalen Samuels attempting three passes, which is interesting there in the stat book.
1: Um, Let me stop stop you real quick, though, because I think (laughs) you and I had this conversation. If I didn't, if it wasn't with you, I apologize. But. It makes me crazy that shovel passes are considered passes. You know, like and down at the goal line, a little shovel pass and your quarterback gets six points for in fantasy because he basically handed it off in front of his body. Yeah. <laughs> that's all Jalen Samuel did. Like all these people I follow that are Steeler fan or Steeler people are all like, Jalen Samuel set a record for a running back, three three pass attempts and three completions. I'm like, I could have thrown those. Th- th- yeah, those aren't throws. He didn't throw the ball. I mean, the ball hit his hands. He basically deflected it to James Conner. Not exactly, you know, uh, Brett Favre back there.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and coaches like to dial up the shovel passes because if the ball hits the ground, it's an incomplete pass. It's not a fumble or anything like that. Yeah, right, right. And uh, James Conner... Only had the 10 carries on the night. He did have that touchdown catch, which was a super weird play. It was like a delayed screen. The offensive linemen were down the field on that one, but uh, it worked. And no flags were thrown, and And Connor got in the end zone. and He was the the, high, the highest-targeted receiver, Jalen Samuels and Connor, both eight targets apiece, so that tells you something when the running backs are getting targeted that much. And I do like the, the emergence of the rookie, Deontay Johnson, for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, a very promising player. It's very clear that Juju Johnson and Washington are the top three, you know, wide receivers, which is good for now, but especially the future. I mean, those were all pretty high picks the last each of the last three years. Moncrief was active for this one, barely played. Switzer is not seeing the field at all, which makes me happy. I don't think he's really even an NFL player at this point. So Johnson's promising, good route runner, um, made a big play. He's showing up, and he looked good in camp.
0: So we've seen what the Miami Dolphins have done, sending away some players in they in a lost season, a season that they know is lost, which I think is smart in the long term. Uh, I don't know about trading away your best players, but they did get good returns for the you know Mika Fitzpatrick's and Laramie Tunsels. But a lot of talk about the Bengals should maybe kind of start doing that kind of a thing. And I was thinking, okay, maybe a matchmaker situation for. The Bengals. Dalton to Chicago.
1: Andy Dalton in Chicago. Do you like that match? If Trubisky's out for a while? Even if he isn't, Dalton's better than Trubisky. You know, I mean, now's like the perfect time to do it if you're the Bears. You could be like, well, Mitchell's kind of hurt. We're going to go get Andy. He's going to be our guy. But, oh, he's playing well. We'll leave him in for now. And and Mitchell can learn from him on the bench. But meanwhile, in the back of your head, you're going, Mitch ain't any good. You know, Dalton at least can (laughs) That might be the best team in the league, I mean, or one of with Dalton. And I'm not a Dalton believer, but the rest of the team is so in place that if Dalton could be Chase Daniel on steroids, you know, what I mean? right. a better version. Now you're talking, scheme things up. Yeah, I like that a lot.
0: AJ Green, do you see a team that's a fit for AJ Green? It looks like he's going to be back at some point soon. He was doing a little bit of uh, running and, and stuff pregame Monday night, but uh, there's no, uh, I don't think there's any timeline for him to be back for sure but he's gonna be back this season it looks like so what do you think i've seen a lot of people talk about the patriots for aj green i don't think the patriots necessarily need aj green but there might be some teams out there in need of a wide receiver
1: i thought of new england right away how about dallas opposite amari you know that ain't so bad Mm. seattle oh yeah san francisco
0: I've liked A.J. Green to the 49ers for a long time, and I've always had that fictitious (laughs) idea of a trade bouncing around in my head, and the 49ers tried to trade for Odell Beckham in the offseason. They've got a lot of young receivers right now. Nobody quite has stepped up, and um, I think they're still trying to find that guy. I think it'll end up being Debo Samuel, but uh, it's been you know Debo. It's been Dante Pettis, who I think the 49ers both like and want them to be around long-term, and then the next guy is Marquise Goodwin. So all not... Marquee names in the NFL right now, someone like AJ Green, I think, could help the 49ers a lot, especially if the 49ers are sitting there thinking, okay, well, now we are definitely in this thing. They're the only unbeaten left in the NFC. Let's go win some stuff. AJ Green could make some sense there. I like that.
1: How about the Saints? They're an aggressive organization. Oh, man.
0: Breeze and AJ Green would be fun to
1: watch. In the Dome, you know, they've been looking for one more guy. You know, you wouldn't have to ask you. AJ Green wouldn't have to necessarily be Batman, he could kind of be Robin and a really good Robin, you know, like, I like that one too.
0: Maybe Geno Atkins could be on the move as well.
1: Still a high quality player. Um, I, I think he's not quite elite like he was, you know, like I'm not sure he's a top five, six, seven defensive tackle anymore, but he's still important and maybe in the right situation, he could, you know, rotate a little bit more, stay fresher, um, I know we're going to get to some injuries and things, but the Panthers lost KK Short. Maybe they would be interested, but I would think it'd be more true contender type team. Hmm, I, I'm going to have to think on who would be some fits, though.
0: And I don't get the feeling the Bengals would be that team to start moving players for whatever reason. I just feel like they're going to play it out, but it would be interesting if they were to except some phone calls, and I think there's some teams around the league that could definitely be calling, and it seems like teams now are more willing, and maybe it'll be a a more interesting trade deadline than we've seen for a while in the NFL.
1: Maybe, and I don't think this guy's going anywhere, but I would love to see Joe Mixon with a good team. Yeah, He would put up great numbers. I think it was Jeff Schwartz
0: on Twitter, which really made me laugh. He said that The league should flex the Week 16 Bengals-Miami Dolphins matchup to Sunday night football because of the draft implications there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is humorous. Don't get me wrong. I just think Miami stands alone at 32, though. I mean, Cincinnati's going to beat somebody. Arizona's going to, you know, they have their tie. I just think Miami's far worse than everybody else, and it's a race to see who 31 is.
0: And the sad part is that the Bengals are still trying to win and they're still looking that bad. (laughs) That's the problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about some of the injuries around the league, some big implications there. We've kind of hinted at some of those. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think we have a firm prognosis on his shoulder yet. does not look like he's going to play next week. Uh, We mentioned Andy Dalton. I would love that fit for the Bears in Chicago if Trubisky is out for a long period of time. I did not dislike what I saw from Chase Daniel. He looked pretty darn good, actually, uh, when he came in for Mitchell Trubisky and really, uh, at worst, you know, game managed that offense when you have that defense and the team around them. We've already seen them be such a good team with Trubisky not playing at a high level. Uh, maybe the Bears had a quarterback. I don't know, but Trubisky could be out for a while. What are your thoughts on the Bears right now?
1: Yeah, and people that follow me know that you know I'm I like an aggressive quarterback. You know, I mean, and I want. I'm not a big on the game manager types, you know, the Alex Smiths of the world. But with what the Bears have, pure game management, don't screw it up quarterbacking could go a real long way. You know, they could win that division. They could make noise in the playoffs, host games in Chicago in the playoffs and be really hard to play against. Their defense is at that level that they can get away with it. Um, so I think they're a better football team with Chase Daniel than they are with Trubisky. And he certainly, there'll be three or four plays a game, and it should be a bigger number, but it isn't that Daniel simply won't make that Trubisky will. But he also won't kill you with the bad decision. He's not going to bounce a screen, you know, a, a screen or a short throw. He's going to make these and make the layups. I mean, I don't love Chase Daniel, but for where they're at, you could ask for a lot worse.
0: I totally agree there. And at least they're not, it's not a situation where the Bears are going to collapse because they've gone from Trubisky to Chase Daniel. So that's good news for Chicago, no matter how long Trubisky is out. Uh, Bradley Chubb, this is a tough one. Such a great young player in his second year. Bradley Chubb now out for the year, partially torn ACL.
1: Yeah, this it's huge. I mean, he's a really good player. Obviously the strength of the team, although we haven't really seen it is Von Miller and Chubb, um, unfortunate young career, but I hate to say this, but Denver fans, you weren't going anywhere with them and you're not going anywhere without them this (laughs) year. So it's not like it's a backbreaker. The back has already been broken. I look at this team and think there's dysfunction from the top down. You know, I mean, they're, Kind of in an ownership change now. Elway has not done a good job. I mean, if his name was last name was Williamson, would he still have a job? I bet not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, he's a legend there and he's hard to fire, but, man, he has not done a good job. Bringing Joe Flacco is far from the answer, that's for sure. The defense isn't playing where it's supposed to be, although I like the Fangio hire, so I'm not going to be too critical of that. But I've often said on this podcast that there's six, seven, eight awful teams And I thought Denver was on the tier above them. I think they might be one of the awful ones.
0: Yeah, 0-4 start for the Broncos. There's some of the similar talk that we talked with the Bengals about people thinking, okay, what kind of talent could we pluck off of this roster? Cornerback Chris Harris Jr., who's been one of the best in the league, could be one of those names that would be interesting. 49ers fans have brought that one up to me in my mailbag shows on Locked On 49ers because Okello Weatherspoon's out for a while for the Niners. So Chris Harris Jr. could make some sense there. And the, I think one of the big problems with the Broncos right now is obviously it's crazy that such a great quarterback and a Hall of Famer and John Elway can't figure out the quarterback position and can't draft a good one. It's It's got to be very frustrating for... Broncos fans. I love Vic Fangio, but first-time head coach. He's got a first-time offensive coordinator, so yeah, just things not going great for the Denver Broncos right now. Uh, you mentioned earlier Kawan Short. He's done for the real, real year. Real quick
1: before we move on from oh, Denver, sure. I just want to throw one thing out, kind of in your your Bengals vein. Um, I would make an offer for Manny Sanders if I was a contender. I mean, I, He's playing very well. They have Sutton. They have Hamilton. I mean, I would take a pick for Sanders if I was Denver, and here's some blasphemy, but Von Miller? I was thinking Von Miller and it's not
0: insane. It's definitely right. not no. insane, but I think for the Broncos they would that's that's like a true true white flag that I can't see them yeah. waving because that's like okay, let's tear it down and completely rebuild. I don't think they're going to be there then you'd be talking about probably new coach and new GM and all of those things. But there is some pieces like Manny Sanders that, you know, like you mentioned, you've got Deshaun Hamilton, you've got Cortland Sutton, you're still looking ahead and, and you're still just sort of tweaking things at that point. You start talking, you know, a f- player who's been a huge part of your franchise, like Vaughn Miller. That's a move that I completely would understand. It does make sense, but I just, man, I can't see him that's doing funny. it, but it, man, man,
1: such a message to send, like you, like you said. I you mean, could get a totally ton cool.
0: for him too, if like if you wanted to really rebuild that thing, that would be the move.
1: Right, but hey, you get a third or fourth round pick from Andy Sanders, that'll work too.
0: Yeah, and Chris Harris makes a total. That makes total sense. He's on a you know one year contract right now, so those moves I could definitely see for the Broncos, and uh, I would even applaud those moves. They would make a ton of sense. What do you think about Kawan Short and the Carolina Panthers? Uh, he's on IR, partially torn, rotator cuff. He hasn't played since week two. Do you think that Carolina is in a position where they're going to compete at this point anyway? Is it is it a huge loss for them at this point in the season?
1: I think there's some optimism with that team. I mean, I think it's clear. Then week two, Allen looked more like a backup than he did in week one, and a healthy Cam is still the best situation there. I mean, I think people that got a little ahead of themselves with that. Um, I think they're still competitive, but I also think they're kind of a team a little bit in turmoil from the the top down, you know, new ownership. Is, are they in it for the long haul there? Could there be a new coach in, in Carolina sooner than later? You keep hearing that. Um, short's still a really good player you know like I mentioned Atkins is you know a little lower on the defensive tackle list short is still really high on that list for me behind Donald and Cox of course um and but you know they have McCoy now and they've drafted that position so I think they're better suited to deal with his loss and he was ultra important. As a three technique and they're pure four three now you know they have burns and some other dudes that weren't around the last couple of years. I think they can survive it, but it's a big loss. I mean he's a great player. One last thing I
0: want to touch on here that's in my notes is Vontes Burfect, and he has been suspended for the year after his hit on Jack Doyle and Frank Reich, the coach of the Colts, applauds the move. He said he's glad that Burfect was suspended for the year, and you saw a lot of vontes Burfect in the AFC North, this is not a new situation for him. He's been uh, deemed for this kind of thing a dozen times now. And some people are saying, you know what? Maybe that's not even strong enough. Just let's end it and kick him out a lifetime ban because it's getting ridiculous.
1: I really applaud them for taking such strong action. I know that um, you know the defensive coordinator in the Raiders loves him and he's his quarterback on the field. But Oakland makes this guy a team captain. I mean, come on. I mean, it, I mean, all during the draft, all they're telling us is we need high quality guys, and you know, then they go sign him and make him a captain. Like talking at both ends of your mouth. Um, I, I gotta say, I mean, even going back to the '90s and '80s when I wasn't doing this for a living but was a fan, I don't think I can remember a dirtier football player than Perfect. And by today's standards that's just so magnified because there's such a different, you know, every camera's on you, and there's so much more emphasis on player safety and no more headshots and things like that. It's almost like he's pathological, like that he loves it. I mean, it's he he doesn't belong in the game. I mean, he's dangerous to other people, and he can't be out there.
0: And he can't help himself, and I think that's the key. Ah. Pathological, which is interesting for the Oakland Raiders. We've just seen the whole thing go down with, A.B., now perfect, it's just a matter of time for Richie Incognito, talking about pathological, right? When, when is he the next man up now in Oakland to do something ridiculous and stupid?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's not out there. I mean, I think that there are the rest of the league is kind of exhaling because he's going to hurt more people. And like you said, I don't know if he likes it or if he can't stop himself whatever, but he can't be on the field.
0: And all the antics afterwards, it's like, dude, just get this guy out of here. I'm with you. I, I yeah. don't need to see Perfect anymore. We know who he is. We've seen who he is. He's proven it. There's no room for that in this day and age in the NFL. And the Raiders just tempting fate with the guys they brought in. And they should not. They should be the least surprised people out there that we're seeing this kind of stuff from AB and Perfect. And uh, they brought it on themselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely did. And I think that the results aren't as... Um, outlandish as we could have thought. I mean, I don't think any of us thought Antonio Brown would not be a football player on October 1st, but (laughs) the, the fact that Perfect got suspended again is not exactly, you know, shattering news.
0: All right, Matt, good stuff. We will be back tomorrow dipping into that Twitter mailbag. So tag me at BD Peacock, Tag Matt at Williamson NFL. Matt will throw out a tweet that you can respond to to get involved in our Wednesday mailbag. And then we might have a little special guest for you on tomorrow's show as well. Talk to you then. Locked on NFL.